I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey guys, and welcome to Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast. Now here's your hosts, Stocks and Sparks. Oh, Rush Nation, we're back. Fantasy football is officially dead to me, so thanks for listening. See you next week. Keep No, I'm only joking, I'm only joking. <laughs> oh, do we have a treat for you today. Sparky is not here. <laughs> so I have drafted in a late, sort of last-minute replacement. And he is a member of the Epsom League, he's in the Listener League, generally an all-round nice guy. Adam, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure to be here. So this is your first ever pod? It is, first ever pod. Um, hopefully not last, depends how we get on today. Eh? Uh, well, previous guests suggest that otherwise that you know guests do well on Five Yard Rush, so welcome aboard. How does it feel? Feels great. Is it's- it weird? No, not really. It's good. It's just chatting about what you know, and uh, especially with the weekend I've had, uh, both fantasy and uh, NFL-wise, I'm happy to uh, shout from the rooftops. It wasn't expected in either way. So we should explain why you're happy NFL-wise. Right, so I'm a Buccaneers fan, uh, long-standing, lived in Florida for a while, and uh, pulled off the uh, absolute shock of uh, week one, beating the Saints in their backyard 48-40. to Fitzmagic is real, baby. Absolutely blinding. Well, yeah, it wasn't a shock to Fitzmagic. He knew he was going out there and scoring well. You could see it just even in his rushing game. Yeah, I mean, it was just the rushing. The the biggest shock for me was actually not Fitzmagic. It was the O line. I've I've never seen a Bucks performance on the O line where the quarterback's just not been touched. A couple of late hits, but 
you know, he was free to just stand there all day and just make his plays. And it was just a, a really, really good sight. And at one point I was just laughing out loud because it's just <laughs> not not since the Gruden days have I seen an offense just that exciting to watch. And it was a franchise uh, tying record as well, 48 points. So And an opening day record. Opening day record for most points uh, scored in the Super Bowl era, uh, 88 points combined. That's a lot. So, uh, yeah, it was. A, if you haven't seen the game, get on uh, get online and watch it because it was just an absolute humdinger of a shootout all the way through. It sure was. It was pretty good. Uh, we've we've dived right in without doing the housework as no, usual. As always. <laughs> uh, do you have a Twitter handle you want to shout yeah, out? Yeah, it's uh, at Maverick Murph, so uh, always up for discussing. Uh, I have some pretty hot takes, uh, which I'm sure you might hear through the pod, so uh, feel free to reach out and uh, we can debate them on there. <laughs> Yeah, so also the podcast, guys, is at 5 Yard Rush. It's on all socials. We're on Insta, Twitter, Facebook. Mm, that's about it, I think. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. That one's for you, Josh. Uh, where else? Podbean, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. That's about it. We So today's show, obviously with Sparky not being here, we would normally do fantasy studs and trash cans but he's not here to offer his takes so we're going to do winners and losers we're going to obviously do some waivers with it being week one probably the biggest waiver week i'd suggest maybe for well probably the whole of the regular season running into the playoffs people who are now definitely going to start if to injury and stuff and people who played really well week one a couple of the people who are now this week's waiver ads i suggested picking up last week not saying much but <laughs> you know should have listened last week Couple of, so we'll do the news then we'll do winners and losers then we'll do waivers not sure how long it's going to go doesn't matter how long it goes Adam's got a few words on the NFL so yeah. without further ado let's bang into the news so like, kindly Adam's typed up the news for me rather than me having to do it last minute so he's starting with a bit of news from Rap Sheet and that is Corey Coleman has signed with the Pats Pretty, we're talking about this on the journey home. It's pretty unbelievable. What a journey for the lad! It's it's just an absolute dream. Like you're going from starting the season potentially with with the Browns, you know, one and thirty one in in the last two years, and you know you're catching passes off to Sean Kaiser last year when he was not concussed, which <laughs> was probably much. about much of the time. <laughs> and then you you get drafted to the Bills, and yeah, you know, I mean it was it was a nothing nothing trade. I mean seventh round pick in in twenty twenty. So what the Browns were thinking there to, to trade him for, for something so little was, was shocking. And then he's thinking, I'm going to be collecting balls off Nate Peterman or Josh <laughs> Allen. So one of them can't throw to save his life. And the other one throws so hard, it'll be gone out of the stadium more than me getting in hands. <laughs> then he finds out he gets cut. And now he's ended up with Tom Brady and the GOAT. Like, it's just... I, I've never known a guy to just absolutely fall on his feet. He's just, he must have gone, if, if I'm Corey Coleman tonight, I'm going to the shop, I'm buying the scratch card or I'm playing the lottery because <laughs> I tell you what, your luck's in. You, you, it's just unbelievable that he's going to be catching passes from Tom Brady this season, could end up with a ring and he started he started this with the Browns. Like, it's just unconceivable. I never saw this coming. Yeah, and, and he's going to get the Belichick factor as well and it wouldn't be surprising to see him being dropped two teams, turn up at the Pats and be viable oh he's going to be a stud you can just see it now it's got it it's it's written all over it we're waiting for postseason they're going to get the Steelers again you can see him with the game winning catch to take him to the title <laughs> game I see I'm calling it now I'm calling it now he's going to catch the game winning touchdown in the playoffs against the Steelers to take them to either the AFC title game or, or the or the Super Bowl I'm calling it right now it's oh, going to happen put your money on it fellas you heard it here first <laughs> yeah so um, do you think he's worth an ad fantasy wise 
I would, I'd wait. I think unless someone's really going to go out there, I think um, you still got Edelman to come back in week four. I, I just, you don't know. He's got to learn the scheme. He's got to learn the offense. Um, I, and, and the thing with the with the receivers at at the Patriots, they've never really gone off. Hogan had a, a nice season last year. Uh, Edelman's had a couple, but really they're going to be the two. If if you're looking outside of that. I'd pick him up if I'm absolutely desperate and thinking I've lost week one, I've lost badly, I've got some injuries, but no, I'd probably I'll probably wait and see how he integrates and, and see what happens. Yeah. Well seeing as we're at the Patriots, we might as well stay with the Patriots. And Jeremy Hill is out for the season with a tawny ACL. I think it was recovering a Gronk fumble that it happened. I yeah, guess. so it was a, a nasty nasty play in which it happened. Um feel for him. This was his real chance to to break out and, and be the star and um you know, now they've got some real issues there, the Pats for me at that position. They've got a lot of guys, but with Michelle out and, and now, you know, you've lost Hill. I, I mean, they're really going to struggle, I think, a little bit with that run game. Yeah, um, and Burkhead's knees, you know, what's happening there? Well, who knows? He's not getting the workload. Um, he's definitely going to pick up more. So I think this is the week if you've got Rex Burkhead, maybe Lever put him in as a flex. It depends, again, how deep you are in that position, but yeah. I'd be having a look and and seeing what he does because he's never going to be better now. Well, you know, this is going to be his time to, to be the best he can be. Um, if not, if you've got James White, you know, it's not a bad time to have him either. Yeah, well, I, I picked up Hill and White in my auction dynasty league and I got them both for half a million, which was minimum bid. So I, I think I've, well, I've now got an upgrade on White and I had Hill with speculation, and he's now on my IR. I'll probably drop him at the end of the season. Yeah. So yeah, moving on to Aaron Rodgers. Took a huge knock, look, holding the back of his knee against the Bears. Uh, they were losing drastically at the time. I think it was either 20 nothing. were they? Yeah, it was, it was no, 20 to nothing. And, you know, I was having this debate the other day with, with someone, and I just can't believe that he, he came out for the second half, to be honest. I, I just think... He is your franchise. Mm-hmm. Without him, we watched this last year. He is the franchise. He is the guy that you're going to rely on. It's week one. I mean, he did an unbelievable job. You've just seen why he's the highest paid player in the NFL. Uh, and rightfully so. He is the best player in the NFL. He's proved that. He didn't have to, but he has. But, you know, Mike McCarthy coming out now saying he's he's not confirming him for week two. There is something there. If that gets worse, especially in these on the quarterback. Yeah. I'm worried. I would have taken the caution. Yeah, you don't really want to lose a divisional game, but and the rivalry with the Bears is yeah. slightly more than a normal game. But, but do you want to risk your season in Week One? I mean, this is what you got to see. I mean, if he lines up Week Two, it's a great call. If he's not there Week Two, Week Three, and it's because he's sustained some damage from being out there, yeah, I don't know if, if I agreed with the call at the time, but I guess time will tell. Yeah, the Week Two matchups pretty tricky as well. They got a fairly good defense, I think. Yeah, they do. Um, and I think, again, he's going to get hit. That O-line wasn't great against the Bears. They really got at him, especially in the first half. Yeah. And he's he, yeah, there's chances he's going to get hit. So I'd, I'd, I'd be really cautious here in this match. It's the Vikings as well. And they're the team who killed him last year. Well, yeah. And, and the Vikings were great. Harrison Smith was an absolute uh, baller week one. Yeah. Uh, he just... Again, putting up career numbers every single week he is at the moment. He's a real, real flyer on that D. And, yeah, if he gets at you, you've got to worry. Yeah. I and mean, if he's not quite right, why start him against Minnesota? Again, don't want to risk your season. This is so early. They, they've they got the ability to win games. 
potentially without him one or two. Yep. But outside of that, you don't want to be playing five, six, eight, ten weeks without Aaron Rodgers. Well, we saw what happened last year. He <laughs> killed absolutely everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So moving on, Doug Baldwin, his knee, not the same knee as his other knee. He no. suffered an MCL sprain. Not sure when he's back. I heard today that it's probably going to be five to six weeks. I heard that. And so their bye week is uh, week seven, I believe. Nice. So um, I probably would not expect to see him until after the bye. I think that would be sensible, yep. especially as he was coming into the season saying that his knee wasn't 100% and we weren't going to get 100% out of him anyway. I think it probably makes sense to, to rest him. It could be. It's a tear, so it doesn't need surgery, which is the good news. So yep. it will heal. Uh, even if it was four weeks and then you play one week before the bye, mm-hmm. I'd probably wait and uh, rest him up. Rest him up. So I wouldn't expect to see him until week eight, which is going to be a killer for people that have got him in a, a redraft league every year. But depends on what you've got out there on waivers. Yeah. Especially if you took him as your one. I know some people went running back, running back and took Bolden as their, as their one third yeah. round and uh, that's absolutely killed you. But I'd still, for me, would rather have six weeks of Baldwin if he can get fit than probably anything you can see on waivers right now so I'd still hold him but yeah. and wait for the story to develop especially if you've got an IR spot slide him on there and Definitely. there's a couple of wide receivers who we're going to talk about in the waivers that might help you out for those first six weeks Brandon Marshall do you think he's worth an ad I, considering Jimmy Graham's not there anymore Marshall was a red zone threat he, he did he had an interesting game Marshall yeah. he, he caught you know caught a touchdown but he dropped a few um, and that, I don't know if that was the pressure of, of the Broncos D or I just think he's still settling in but if you're looking at what you've got available Brandon Marshall could be worth a, an ad if he's free um, there's probably a couple of other guys I, I like a little bit more but yeah. he's definitely one that he's one on my watch list um, I'm not sold I didn't see enough from from them yesterday to, to say I need to add him but he did get the TD and you know he, he, he did drop a few and I guess that will only continue to be improving as he gets used to it but I'm yeah. not so sure at the moment blowing off a bit of rust I imagine yeah definitely <laughs> he needs a bit of oil on those old joints oh, tell me about it Brother. oh Tyler Lockett if he's out there as well he's not a bad ad see for me I'd, I'd, I'd prefer Lockett I think for me he's got a little bit more to him he's got the deep ball threat he caught a really good deep ball yesterday um, to run it in so I think for me Lockett would probably be the one of the two but again how good is Seattle really going to be this year? Well, yeah, their run game was pretty appalling. Oh, it's awful to watch. I was I was in pain watching it, and <laughs> uh, and you know, and that O line was just appalling. I mean, Wilson got sacked what six times. He's been the most sacked QB since he's been in the league. He's uh, pretty tough, isn't he? He's tough, <laughs> um, but it, it doesn't help. It, you know, you're reaching for these plays, and I guess the the advantage of having someone like Lockett, and the reason I might look at him over Marshall is. They're going to be behind the lot of games this year. They're yep. in a tough division. They're in a tough conference. They're going to have to throw the deep ball. And Lockett proved yesterday against a really good D that he can get open. Yep. So he's worth maybe a, a, a punt if you're if you're desperate. Yeah, massively agree. A couple of tight end notes we've got here. Starting Carolina and Greg Olsen is out with a foot injury. Same foot as last year. He's, got, he's, he's passed it now, surely. Yeah, I, I, I completely... I had him last year. And he busted me open badly. I had a team which I think almost all of my starters last year got injured, with the exception of Brady, who I had to trade to get started in, um, which was miserable. Um, and I said after that, Olsen, he came back and got injured again. And I was like, nah, I'm not taking him this year. And um, he didn't look right. He was questionable with a bad back coming in. He played. He's yep. hurt the same foot. He could be back in six weeks. He could, But 
he's not the same player he was. If I'm Greg Olsen, you got to be thinking about hanging it up because his body just it won't it won't do eight games, let alone sixteen games anymore. It's just a bit and and in the toughest conference and toughest division in in the NFL. You know, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take take the money and run, Greg. Yeah, another elderly tight end now. Delaney Walker is out for the season, dislocated and fractured his ankle. That sounds pretty painful. <laughs> yeah, it was a nasty play. He got rolled on. Um, he he killed me. So he's my tight end. I don't unless you're going to get. A top two, three tight end. I just take what's given. Yep. Um, and that's been my philosophy for a few years in fantasy. So I took Delaney Walker. He's out. I'm already shopping around for a new tight end. Um, third year in a row, I think I've lost a tight end in the first two weeks of the season. So uh, familiar territory. It's a shame. Pro bowler last year. But, um, you know, there's a there's a few steals. Uh, potentially to replace him there. Yeah. That's, well, we've got a couple on the wave a bit later on. I'm a huge fan of Kittle. Well, it, just his situational benefit this week. He was the target monster. Yeah. And now McKinnon's out. The dump-offs are going to be to the tight end. And obviously Jimmy Garoppolo has decent connection with Kittle. So we'll talk about him in a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Now, one of my tight quarterbacks, sorry, for the season, I was bigging him up hugely. He was Marcus Mariota. It looked absolutely appalling. And he's injured his elbow. It doesn't help Corey Davis one bit. No, and he's the only good player they have. It, it's a strange one. I've never been high on Mariota, and I guess this is probably leans a bit towards the Winston Mariota ah, two debate. So. Homer, Homer. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably coming a little bit. But I just I watch Mariota, and he for me he's going to be the man to replace Andy Dalton as the medium. Right, he does all right. He doesn't do badly. He's good at coming from behind. He's great in the red zone, which you've got to give him credit for. But is he the guy in a two-minute drill that I really want with the game on the line? Nah, not for me. I think he's okay, and he might come back. But the thing I'd be worried about with this game, he didn't play much in the second half. That game was seven... It's over seven hours yeah, with the two, the two lightning delays and rain delays. So if it was... A really like a knock or just a, a you know a, a bend and a, a bit of soreness. I would have expected to see him more. They had such long delay. True. So it makes me think there is something there. He's definitely questionable for this week. Um, and no one's starting Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. He's worth a pun. No, he's not. He's not. Not even for me in my superflex leagues. I don't want to touch him. No, probably not. Yeah. So that really hurts all my shares of Corey Davis. Yeah, we bigged him up on the show and. I'd really want him to do well. <laughs> oh, he's he's a he's a great talent, and um, I don't know. I still I still think the the thing with Mariota is they'll get in the red zone a lot, and you know the one positive there, and I think this will help Davis was Dion Lewis was good yesterday. Yep, he looked really really good, and he really extended drives. And you know the more time that the offense has gone on the field. The ball will come to Corey Davis. It's just a question of... And Mariota has proven he can find him. So, I think if, if if he can get over this and it's not too bad, I think it's not all lost for, for Corey Davis. And, yeah, the promising take was, was Dion Lewis yesterday. Let's hope not. Or Sunday. <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's move on to old uh, soft legs himself, Leonard Fournette. Again, uh, I d- he's another player I just can't draft. No, I, I haven't touched him. I've got him nowhere. No. I just... For me, I'm looking at leagues and I'm thinking... The first, my first criteria, more criteria is they got to play sixteen games. They've got to play sixteen games. Yep. 
I cannot look at you know at Leonard Fournette in the eyes and say you're going to play 16 games. It's just not going to happen. I don't think he's ever had a healthy season from high school up. No, he's not. He's always missed time. Uh, ankles. He had two different forms of ankle injury last year. Hamstrings now. You're getting hamstring injuries at his age. We've seen it in every sport. Once you've got them, they don't go. Nope. He's always going to miss time. However, Marone did come out today and said that he's probably going to play next week. Yeah. Which is trouble. <laughs> well, again, if you've got a hamstring injury... Playing on it could make it worse, but at the end of the day, they haven't got anyone else in Jacksonville that's going to make an offensive play, so I guess you probably do gamble. Yeah, although TJ Yeldon did look good when he came in. He did. He did score, t- you know, score a touchdown, and he's definitely one on the list. I, I, you know, I think if, you ha- if you've got Fournette and you haven't handcuffed with, with Yeldon yet, I don't know why. Yeah. You're, you're mental, but definitely get him this week. If not, uh, definitely look at him. He'll be on the waiver talk when we yeah. talk in a bit. I mean, even if you're... Especially if you're the first, if you've got number, if you had a terrible first week and you're waiver one priority, just send the Fournette owner a message and say, "Look, I've got, I'm going to pick up Yeldon. What do you want for him?" Yeah. Because if he's lost Fournette, it's one of his good running backs. Obviously, maybe he's running back one. His premium, yeah. Yeah. So you, you might be able to sell high on Yeldon without even playing him. Yeah, and that's it. And a lot of people did that with with James Connor. The same thinking as well. So definitely, it's um, it's worth a gamble to take him. Um, I think you lose nothing. Yeldon is going to play. Yep. Um, especially with that hamstring injury. Even if he does play, I still expect Yeldon to get more touches than he would normally. Yeah. So you uh, lose nothing by picking him up. No, no. And best case scenario for the Yeldon owner, you pick him up, Fournette plays, gets injured for even longer, and he misses significant time. Yeah. You've got a running back one. And you're ahead of the curve. Yep. So if, you, if you're if you one of these people that streams a position, he is definitely one to really consider picking up this week. For sure. What, what we did miss at the beginning of the show, guys, was our beer talk. Oh, yeah. Now... I would like to point out that Mr. Murphy sitting opposite me is going to be providing the show with some beer. So I felt I should go out and buy a beer just because. <laughs> so yeah. I, I went out and I got the Brooklyn Indian Pale Ale and it's called Scorcher. Now, I quite like it. No, I really like it. I'm not a big IPA guy. I've just come back from Copenhagen and that's uh, pretty much all they, they drink there. I must have had, uh, let's say, a few uh, a few pints of IPA over there, and there's some good ones and some not good ones. But um, this is this is really really nice. Brooklyn makes some really good lagers uh, and ales and 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 little craft beers. Um, I was telling Chris that beforehand that um, I had a Brooklyn summer ale um, in Copenhagen that was absolutely amazing. So definitely hit up uh, Brooklyn yeah. Brooklyn beers, Brooklyn lagers, and and get on them because they're all. They're all great. Um, and yeah, I didn't have a lot of notice for today. Otherwise, I would have definitely bought a few beers. No, well, no, no. As in notice. Time. We're, we're, yeah, five hours ago. He didn't even know he was coming. So yeah. props to you, sir. No, always. Now, Sam Darnold. Now, I've sort of adopted the Jets as maybe my second team after being giving them from Dynasty Happy Hour website to write for them. And Sam Darnold went out last night and... Smashed the doors off it. Let's, he just took it to the Lions, threw a pick six on his first play, and I was thinking, "Oh dear Lord, this is going to end badly." And then he, you know, no pun intended, turned on the Jets. Oh yeah, and was sick. It had great pocket presence. His footwork was unreal. He got out of trouble several times and made. Not did he get out of trouble. He then made good throws from it, and he looked like a leader of the team. People forget he's, he's twenty-one. Yeah, he's, he's the youngest player in the NFL, and. You know, we, we've seen it time and time again with these rookie QBs. They they make a, a bad series, a bad throw, and it really dents them. Yep. He just walked out of there like it didn't happen. Yeah. And 
you can't buy that. No, no. I and think you can't teach it. No. It, it. It was just unbelievable to, you know, I, I didn't stay up for it. I, I admit, I watched the highlights and, uh, yeah, he, it, he just looked, he looked so poised and he looked like a, a, a four year, five year veteran in complete command. And he's, he's going to have something special there. Yeah. Great decision to start in week one. Yeah, no, totally agree. I mean, obviously playing at USC in the Rose Bowl and stuff helps in the big game situations because that's probably the biggest college game, would you say? One of the biggest college games? It's definitely one of the biggest venues to play in. Um, I, I'm always a bit sceptical. I'm an SEC guy. Um, I think it doesn't get better than the SEC. Proven record of the last 20 years so that pretty much the best professionals yep. overall, but especially defensive, have come from the SEC because the talent's so strong. But... Yeah, nothing's really going to prepare you. You know, USC has brought in some great quarterbacks over the years, um, and they've definitely unearthed another one here in Darnold. Yeah, no doubt. I was pleased. Gives me something nice to write about this week, as opposed to uh, hoping that they didn't get trounced by the Lions. Oh, I just didn't see it coming. Like we're talking about, I, I had the Lions as a sleeper pick for for the playoffs. I just thought, you know, they they made some good acquisitions. They had a decent draft. They finally got a couple of running backs. Yep. You know, I'm a big fan of Blunt. I just think he's he's great, a great addition for you're stuck. You can't get balls over the line. He's there for, and you just sit there thinking, what happened? Mm-hmm. I just like, like the Bucks result shocked me, but it was a shootout. But the lines were terrible everywhere. Yeah, Stafford. I mean, Matt Stafford for me. We'll come on to him in a minute, but for me, it was just. Abysmal, yeah. Um, and you have to start questioning with all the time they've had. What did they actually do in preseason? But I'm questioning why I picked them now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I also I also have him in a uh, in my auction dynasty league, and he lost for me the week. So cheers, Matty. Um, yeah, on the Jets, I did have a fourfold bet the weekend uh, handicap, and I had the Vikings, the Ravens, the Dolphins, and the Jets. So I went into last night needing the Jets to lose by less than six and a half. And they did me proud. <laughs> Went out and earned me the cheddar. So yeah, great call. And and just on that with the the defense. So I looked this up earlier on on AFL dot com, and uh, you mm. know Andre Roberts returned a punt for uh, seventy eight yards. It was the first touchdown that the, the defense has scored for seventy four games, which is an all time NFL record. So uh, shut the front door. <laughs> yeah, that cannot be true. Yeah, it's true. That's the first defensive touchdown for seventy four games for the Jets. How many seasons is that? Like 18, four and a half seasons, something like that? Yeah, it's got to be that, even more than that. That's awful. And good in the same time. You know, that's something else I can write positive about. Yeah, exactly. See, there you go. Providing <laughs> you stats every week. Yeah, it's uh, 4.6 seasons. So four and a half, not a bad guess. Yeah, they're great. Uh, well, thanks for giving me something to write about. This is gonna, <laughs> If it carries on like this, this is going to be one hell of an opening season for me to write stuff. Yeah, definitely. Steelers and Browns. First week one tie since 1971. Dolphins versus Broncos. Ten all. That was even worse. <laughs> I don't know. Week one ties tend to be terrible games. <laughs> yeah, well, I think any tie is a terrible game. We've seen it. So we had a London game a couple of seasons ago that was a tie. We did. the Rams and the Cardinals. So this game, I, t- I don't want to spend too long on it because I spent far too long. Uh, yeah, you did. Blowing watching. up our chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the Browns, they're just the gift that keep on giving in so many ways. You know, they, they're they the only team that they, you write them off. They're like, okay, 21-7, fourth quarter. They get back into it. The, D, the one thing I'll say about the Browns is their, their defense is real. It was lit. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, six takeaways in the game. Denzel Ward, two interceptions on his NFL debut. He looks real. 
for a number four pick, everyone was talking about all the quarterbacks and, yep. and just forgot about this guy. And he he's elite. Mm-hmm. He is elite. Watch out for him for years to come because he is an absolute star in the future. He's a star now. Forget the future. Yep. He's going to be brilliant to watch. And you know, Miles Garrett and and Peppers on that D. You know, they were they were brilliant. They make Ben look like a a freshman quarterback all over again. Um, and should have won the game. Didn't had two opportunities to win it. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm glad that the losing streak is over. But I wouldn't be that happy if I was the Browns saying that, <laughs> that the most, I'm undefeated. <laughs> most feeble way to go about the undefeated streak as well, a tie. Well, the reactions at the end of the game were just bizarre because you got Browns fans going absolutely nuts. You got the players sort of walking around not knowing what's happening. I mean, I don't know why there's ties in the NFL. I can't believe you just can't let them play five minutes more. I'm yep. sure we would have had a winner. We had two missed field goals in overtime. Someone was going to win the game. Yep. Uh, just play on until someone scores. Yeah, because the tie benefits nobody. Well, it's just an irrelevant stat. You've got to put an extra column in the record now for for no reason. Yeah, zero, zero. One. one. Wow, five, ten, plus five. Since the Browns have returned to the NFL in 1999, teams with a plus five takeaway margin or more are 132 wins, four losses. And is that one, the Browns there on the end? The tie, yeah. yeah. But the Browns are responsible for two of the losses and, and, and also the tie, so... Uh, my friend Jack came up with this stat. Um, That's the most brown stat in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, a total of five non-wins and the Browns are responsible for three of them in since 1999. That's when you have five plus takeaways. I mean, they, they talk about with the game, you've got to be winning two phases. You win on special teams and offense or you win on offense and defense. You win on defense and special teams. You should win the game. Yep. And the Browns won the defence battle and I'd argue they probably won the special teams and to not come away with a, with a win it just shows you how bad Tyrod and I mean that that offence was, was terrible yeah. it was poor to watch Josh Gordon though when he was asked the question to go up and get it in the end zone he did exactly that yeah and you've uh, you know you got to thank the GM for that because it certainly wasn't Hughes' decision to uh, to put him in the team and the lineup. yeah I mean, don't see how you leave your best wide receiver out mental state or not he's your man make, make worth you know? Yeah, and the GM earned his money. Yeah, because ultimately he he made a big play, made the difference, and uh, you know made sure that the tie was possible. Yeah, for sure. So the news has taken well quite a bit longer than normal, but that's not a problem whatsoever. <laughs> sort of halfway into the pod. So we will do winners and losers, but we'll hit straight onto the waivers because by the time you listen to us, I imagine you're chomping at the bit with your waiver claims, waiting for who we suggest. Uh, if you you know, subscribe to Fantasy Pros or ESPN or anything like that. The emails have already gone out, but they haven't quite got the five-yard touch on the waivers. No, absolutely not. So, Murph's list is in front of us, so go for it. Um, So, for me, as I said to you, uh, I'm tight end shopping. I'm all over Jared Cook, over 150 yards last night. Um, As we kind of all thought, the wide receiver room at uh, Oakland isn't seeming to be producing that much. All right, it's a Rams D that's that's lit and elite, but still, um, if you get a tight end of 150 yards week one, yeah, uh, surprised to find him on there this morning. Um, the claim's gone in, no doubt. Someone with a better uh, waiver shout than me is is probably going to pinch him now. But that's the the that's the waiver game. I was going to say, and that's uh, 
part of the curse of doing pods. I'm sure Chris has experienced this many times. Yeah, for sure. Jared Cook, normally a between the twenties guy, so 150 yard between the twenties. If he had a touchdown on that, you look. That's sick numbers for a tight end. Exactly, and he's going to peel them off. They just didn't get a lot of opportunities yesterday, especially second half. That Rams team were just uh, unreal. Um, so I, th- I definitely think he's worth a worth a look for me. He's probably tight end one with unless Kittle's around. I definitely take Kittle, which I'll leave you to, but. If not, uh, in some leagues, I've seen Kittle gone already. Yeah. Jared Cook's the one. I think, um, yeah, Kittle was probably drafted as well in quite a few leagues. So if he is available, snap him up. But if not, Cook, Derek Carr was all over him. You know, So, I th- yeah, he's definitely the boy to own. And with Amari Cooper being absolutely terrible, I think he caught in one pass for six yards or something like that. And I didn't even bother to look at his stat line. I didn't even realise he was playing for the most part. Well, I have him in quite a few teams, so his <laughs> stats popped up on my screen, and it was terrible reading. I, <laughs> in our five-yard rush dynasty league, I got absolutely pasted this week. It was embarrassing. I had so many players, I had... A, um, Marquis Goodwin scored me a fat zero. Injured. Yeah, Kelsey got me one point six yards. Cooper killed me. Alan Robinson, Corey Davis. I, I was unlucky with my wide receivers. Let's say, I I did. You know, everyone's heard about my Michael Thomas, Joe Mixon trade, and the man sitting opposite me helped orchestrate that. And I'm not pointing any fingers, but I might have won week one and yada yada. Yeah, yada. you might have won week one, but you probably would have lost over the season. Um, no, no, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it was a bad move. It just, <laughs> it's a great move. It stings a little. It stings a little. Listen, Michael Thomas is never going to go against two rookie cornerbacks again. And uh, yeah, he had a great day, but he's not he's not posting numbers like that again this season. No, for sure. For sure. So is Jared Cook? He's, he's your number one pick. He is for me in in one league needing a needing a tight end desperately um, because I have the only one I've got on the bench is Gasaki, who is my sleeper. I think he, he's definitely going to come good second half of the season but yeah Jared Cook for me is, is number one that's who I'm who I'm going to be taking uh, hopefully unless he's gone then I'll be taking someone else obviously <laughs> so I, I love that um, for me my number one is Geronimo Allison just the fact that Aaron Rodgers lit him up I thought it was just for the fact he was called Geronimo Geronimo great <laughs> best NFL name yeah he should have Bring that on the back of his shirt as well yeah. so they have to say it every time he receives it 100% in fact you should make that part of his celebration as well yeah definitely I, I just think if you can get Aaron Rodgers number three, I think that I think between him and Cobb, it's going to be who's number two each week. Adams obviously is their one, but I think Cobb has got just as much of a rapport with Rodgers as Adams does. Yeah. And if Aaron Rodgers is going to be like he was last week every week, he can service three decent wide receivers. And Geronimo Allison is out there. I think he's owned in five percent of Yahoo leagues, which. And it doesn't help us because we don't play on Yahoo. But it's going to be like across that about somewhere on all the other leagues. Yeah, and and the thing is as well, if Aaron Rodgers is going to be throwing the ball forty times a game, there's enough targets for all of them to go around. Yes, sir. Because that run game doesn't look great. I'm, I was a big fan of Jamal Williams. He really let me down this week. Yep. Um, I'm not convinced it's going to get much better. I mean, it might do if Rodgers goes out because they'll need a bit more control. Um, but having said that. You know they're not going to be behind as they were in no. too many games, so it'd be interesting to see maybe past week two um, when they start getting into some of the easier games to see actually how they're going to be getting on um, and how they spread the targets. But it's got to be a great shout if, if Rogers is going to throw forty times a game. Alan's, you know, Geronimo and, and Cobb and Adams are all going to get their fair share. Yeah, yeah, for sure, no doubt. On to your second waiver. Yeah, um, 
I I took him in the in a league um, just before the season. I was hate torn. him, hate him. Hate yeah, him. I'm not. Oh, listen, I don't like the Saints at all. So to pick a Saints uh, player, I've got him in two leagues actually. So I did as a bit of a joker and an FC South only uh, team. So I'm only allowed to pick players that play in the NFC South. Um, so when James Conner was on there on Friday, it was really hard not to pick him <laughs> up. Um, but Ted Ginn is uh, he is going to be the slot receiver there. He had a great game again. Okay. That Bucks D, especially the secondaries, it's it's very new. A lot of rookies in there, uh, missing some key players. But the one thing it showed to me is is that he is going to be the permanent slot receiver there, and yep. he's going to get downfield. He is quick, he is rapid, and he will get TDs. No doubt. So for me, if you are struggling with some wide receivers, um, you've lost a few to injury, or they're just not doing what you think they'll do. Ted Ginn for me, got to pick him up. He's he's available in most leagues still because. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> I guess the deeper leagues, he's probably gone. But definitely, if you're playing in an eight-man, ten-man league, he's available. Snap him up. Yeah, I just don't know if you're going to start him in an eight, ten-man league. That's the trouble. It... Well, when you got you factor in buys and you factor in yeah, fixtures, think... and you know you've got now some really elite D's. You've got you know the Vikings D, the Rams D, the Broncos D, Ravens, uh, the Ravens D, who are incredible. Um, you, you're talking about some really good D's out there that that will really stifle passing games throughout the season. And if one of your receivers is not a wide receiver one, because in a wide receiver one you're never dropping them. But outside of that, if you've got a wide receiver two who you preference, if they're playing in those sort of games, I'd be tempted to flip and go to someone like Ginn. Yeah, no, especially with with Breeze there. Breeze is just going to spray it. He looked elite again on yep. Sunday. Didn't deserve to lose the game. No. So um, I think, yeah. To be, to your point, I think the only team I wouldn't start him against is the Broncos, um, and that's purely because of Harris Junior. He's the best slot corner in the league. I agree with that. So yeah, there's like, probably one or two teams you probably wouldn't start him against, and um, but he's going to bring a lot of joy, I think. And and again, I think he's going to he's going to score some points. Yeah, agreed. Obviously, we mentioned T.J. Olden earlier. He's definitely a waiver pickup. Go grab him. Uh, we've met and mentioned Kittle. Pick him up. Kittle's 100%. He's probably not going to be available in too many leagues. No. A lot of people were really high on the Jimmy G train. But definitely, uh, definitely if he's available, make that your priority one. Yeah, talking about the Jimmy G train. My normal co-host, Sparky, loves Jimmy G. And, you know, now he's not here, I can bash on him again. <laughs> I'm not the biggest Jimmy G guy. So, in all fairness, he was playing probably on par the best defence in the league and the Vikings played to their ability but he made a couple of throws that were Aaron Rodgers-esque I mean his touchdown to Dante Pettis in the corner was on a dime but then he made a couple of throws which were questionable and if he's going to do that I'm going to pick on you because Sparky loves him Uh, and it just he rushes and when he's under pressure he just didn't have the poise that he did last year um Give him all the time in the world; he'll he'll punish you. But if you are, if you're putting him under pressure, he doesn't look. He looks flappable. He definitely looks like he just makes mistakes. And the, his problem is he overthrows, yep. which in in a few circumstances is absolutely fine because you'd rather overthrow and it goes out of bounds and, and give your receiver the chance to get there. But you can't be overthrowing open tight ends like Kettle in, in, in the in the in the end zone. No. And I mean, it wasn't like he, he slightly overthrew it. It was over his head. Like he had no chance. He was wide open. Yep. A a reasonable QB in this league is making that play. So I'm glad he's lost because that I think will really show you the real Jimmy G. Yeah. If he comes out fire next week, then you know he's for real. Yeah. yeah. But 
we've seen it so many times. Look at Nick Foles. Nick Foles went on an unreal, unfathomable run to win the Super Bowl, and everyone now thinks he's this elite QB. Yep. If he was elite, why is he still the backup? Yeah. <laughs> I've watched him in St. Louis. I've watched him at Philly the first time round. He's he's not elite. He's a good QB. Don't get me wrong. He's a great backup. It's as good as you get. But he's not going to be a number one anywhere. No, he's no starter. No, and and that's that's the point. So I think let's see on Jimmy G. But I, I was never high high on him. I didn't take him, and I wouldn't. Um, but now we're going to see who the real Jimmy G is. Well, yeah, let's hope so. And the Vikings are a good D. So he's obviously not a bad quarterback. But Sparky, this one's for you. He was <laughs> terrible, and I loved it. Loved every yeah, minute of his interceptions. So, so did Tom Brady. Yeah, that very true, yeah. <laughs> so did Tom Brady. Tom Brady, old man Brady turned up. I bashed him in my rankings. I think he's 13th in my rankings just because somebody had to predict the downfall and I was prepared to take the shot. Yeah, well, cool. <laughs> but yeah, Brady turned up. Brady was Brady and Jimmy G wasn't. So number 12 is laughing. All the way to the bank. Seeing as we're at quarterbacks, I think Sam Darnold is not a bad pickup. If you're struggling at quarterback and you need a buy coverage and you've got a You've got a solid starters, and your bench is fairly deep as well. I don't think Sam Darnold can be a bad pickup. I just think if his confidence stays high, I don't actually know who they've got. I don't think the Jets' schedule is actually that kind. <laughs> but I just I think, obviously this is my New York Jets bias signing up slightly, but the way he played last night, as you said earlier, he played above his age. And I think you could go those worst quarterbacks to pick up on the waivers. Especially as he's starting. So. Yeah, and, and, and I agree with that because they've got two great running backs there. You know, you've got Crowell and, and Powell, who both did a job yesterday. Yep. Um, so when you've got an effective run game with two fairly serviceable running backs, then it's always going to give you options as a passer. And he looked confident. It depends how deep your league is. For sure. Am I saying he's a top 16 QB? No, if he's available in your dynasty league, definitely pick him up. Got to. He should not be available in a dynasty league. If, <laughs> if he's available, then you're not in the I right don't know. league. I think he's available in a few leagues, but it'll be interesting to see because you had so much talent this year. People are gambling on Rosen and and Baker, and uh, I don't think anyone gambled. People gambled on Lamar Jackson, which beyond me, I don't understand why. Okay, I own him. Hand up. But it's more of an uh, if it's I didn't gamble on him as my two. He's my three, and it was purely the fact that if he does turn up in Baltimore and can can play football, you're looking at me like you could unleash some sort of verbal abuse you're, at me now. Well, your three wide receiver or your three QB because he can't throw a ball. So oh, okay, but he can run. Yeah. All right. We'll play him at running back or wide receiver. Or I don't choose where he plays. <laughs> <laughs> well, he lined up as a wide receiver this week. He did. So uh, maybe they finally realised he can't throw a ball. But if he turns out to be their wide receiver one next year, it's not a bad shout. No. Well, that, that's what you're gambling on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been gunned on my own show. This is bad news. Sad news. Yeah, I probably won't be coming back after that. <laughs> <laughs> Staying at the Jets, Quincy Anunwal. How do we feel about him? Do you think he's the one? Well, he's clearly Sam Darnold's number one. Yeah. Um, they seem to be on the same page. So, for me, he's definitely more of a pickup than Donald. Um, again, I think if you're in this position where you've lost a couple of wideouts or you picked up Oakland Raider wideouts or you're sitting there struggling what to do, he's definitely one I'd be looking at because he's going to get a lot of, a lot of targets this year. Yep. Donald likes him. Donald is the starter to stay. They're never ditching him after that performance. He could lose every game this season. He's still playing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he's definitely one to really, really consider. And uh, if you've got the space or you want to try a rotation, then, yeah, definitely pick him up. No, for sure. Agreed. 
Obviously, although he did have a bit of a deep threat going on with Robbie Anderson as well. So to have the safe pair of hands underneath and Inunua and Anderson over the top, I like that. Yeah, I think it's a good combo. I think the Jets are really a team to watch this year. Yeah, for sure. And if their D plays like last night, if it plays like that every week, go gangrene. A <laughs> uh, bit of breaking news just come through. The Jets, no, sorry. Talking about the Jets, Neil. Yeah, too much talk with the Jets. The Browns have listed Josh Gordon as a starter in week two. So his snap count is obviously <laughs> over. <laughs> and they're playing their best player, like we just mentioned. Well, since he already appeared in, in week one, could that class as breaking news? It just broke on my phone. I'm just Christ, <laughs> this guy has. I think we should end it now before he takes over completely. Nah, never. Moving on to my beloved Orange, Philip Lindsay. Uh, he was an absolute star. He's frighteningly fast. I'm real. I just, I, I'll be honest. I'd never heard of him. I'd never heard of him before watching watching him play. And he, he's got everything. And I, I, I started watching some of the. the coverage and then I started reading into him and this guy wasn't even invited to the to the combine last year or this year wasn't even invited nope. for, you're 5'9 you want to play running back you've got no hope that's like me playing running back yeah but how can you the guy's got talent we've just watched it that's, that's, you know you're talking about 100 scrimmage yards yep. on your debut TD how could he not be at the combine? Like someone's yeah. got to look at him and go, "Yeah, you're good enough to compete." They did a workout day, and his sprint time still put him in the top thirty RBs, and the rest of his combine stats put him around about thirty fifth. So you're sitting there thinking, "How many? How, I don't know how many people go to the combine." Oh, I don't know, but it's more than thirty five. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so he's definitely mid pack, if not more, and they like him there. He's he's from the area. He's grown up there. He's lived there. Um, he's always had. I think he was a future star on one of their young junior teams was that he? they do through school. I was watching some uh, NFL Network piece on him, and uh, yeah, he definitely he's definitely loved by the organization. They knew who he was. He was on their radar. They took him immediately as an undrafted free agent. He's going to get touches. Yeah, for sure. So I definitely he is he, one I'm very very high on. They uh, they love him there. Yeah, and he shared. They had exactly the same snap count as Royce Freeman, which. Considering he was an undrafted free agent and they drafted Freeman in the second, third yeah. round, something like that, is quite shocking, really, when you consider the draft capital they've invested in Freeman. Whether Lindsay replaces Booker as the third down back. Well, you ought to start looking at it as that because he's he's definitely got the threat. Um, it For me as well, if you're thinking PPR, Lindsay's definitely your guy. Cause yeah, no, for sure. 80 of those yards came from, came from catches and yeah. the TD came from a catch. So... He's definitely going to be a threat all over that offense. Yeah, and he's much more talented than Booker as well. Yeah, I think you're looking at the end of Booker. Yeah, I, I dropped him this morning. I picked him up just in case Freeman wasn't the starter. I yeah. picked, and he's gone. I have absolutely zero interest in him now. So, yeah, the, the reverse of waivers. Dropping players, Booker, if you've got him, he's got to go. Yeah, dump him. Dump him quick. Staying at running back, Austin Eckler. Yeah, he, again, just like Lindsay, player didn't really know a lot about. Again, another undrafted free agent, but from a year ago. Um, he was absolutely on fire. The commentators on the coverage loved him. Yeah, yeah. They were just saying, "Pick him up in your fantasy league." Pick him up. <laughs> I think it's just been drilled into my head because I must have heard it about eight times on the coverage, and I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll definitely do it." But again, he, similar to Lindsay, he was just all over. Great, great from great at third down. Um, got in the space. Yep. He, he just again, it's going to be a really, really interesting option again. PPR, but 
in a redraft league if you're desperate and you've got no running backs and you're struggling he's definitely one to look at because he's going to get he's going to get plays yeah out of the two I'd rather go for Lindsay over Eckler I think Eckler is still the backup to Melvin Gordon you know Melvin Gordon was he was unreal this weekend oh he was unreal but uh, he's always an injury risk he is he is but he, they're not sharing time you know Gordon Eckler comes in when Gordon he's had three goes and he's puffing a little bit they slide Eckler in Gordon catches the ball Big deal in the in the preseason was made of how much he's improved his catching, yeah. how much he's going to be in on third down. So they're not going to look to Eckler at third down, but he will be the man in when Gordon's blowing a bit. And uh, yeah, I think he is definitely a PPR ad, like you say, but he's not going to be the man as compared to if Lindsay carries on, he could usurp Freeman. Yeah, that's true. Freeman didn't look to have the power behind the line, which he had in college. So if that continues, if he continues to be powerless as a running back, then then he will get a job. Yeah, yeah, and they love him there. Yeah, they do. So final ones, running back, and it's James Conner. I'm not sure he's going to be available in any leagues. If he is, go and grab him because who knows when Bell's coming back? I I read an article today saying that they are looking at dealing with without Bell for four to six weeks. Okay, that's what they're prepping for. Bell can turn up any time. Yeah. So you don't really know. But I think I think if you haven't got him, if he's still available for whatever reason, I think the whole world was high on him last weekend. But if he's still there, he's your number one priority over anybody I've just mentioned. But... Uh, agreed. And, and either of the players any of us have mentioned, uh, if he's there... Just take again, him. Yeah, because you've drafted against people who aren't watching. So go and get him and win your league anyway. And... You know, if Bell decides to come back in week five, you could probably still ship Connor out for a decent price um, to somebody who's not really paying attention. If you, if he just, there's one guy in our league. Uh, he's not the biggest NFL fan, and he just goes on average. So if if Connor has four high weeks, and you offer him a trade of Connor, and he looks at Connor's stats and sees he scores 25 points average a week, he's gonna he's gonna buy him off you even without knowing what's happening. And I think as well, if if you've got the guy in your league who's got Bell, then I'd be starting to shop him. I'd say probably after this week. After, so this is interesting. Oh, right. This is I was hoping you were going to bring this up. So Adam and I have got an agreement. He wanted Connor off me. And I was like, well, if Bell doesn't come back, you know, yada, yada, yada. He's going to be the man. So on and so forth. And we came to some sort of agreement that I would take Devante Parker at a third round from next year. And it was, you know, it was a gentleman's agreement. So I should probably I'm cash in on this. You, I'm glad you mentioned the words a gentleman's agreement because that was what I was hanging my hat on. So, so we... we came to the agreement that after well it was a bit of a, a bit of a dubious agreement because I said when Bell's back and Adam then said after week one and I sort of agreed so I suppose I should now trade you James Connor for the third round and Devante Parker so the reason we should probably clarify why it's after week one is we were playing each other in in the dynasty league so uh that was why because he knew I was going to play Connor you are the Bell owner I am the Bell owner um but to my credit, I didn't play Connor. No, you didn't. I was very shocked. I wasn't going to play him anyway. But you still you still beat me, which is fair enough. Um, I'm not going to be disappointed with the score I got. So I'm not unhappy. But So, I, you know, I wasn't ever going to not trade you him after agreeing to him. But I wanted to, especially, I was, I was hanging it up later and later just to see if you'd text me and say, yo, dude, what's going on? No, because I thought you were a man of your word. In fact, you know what would be really funny? You should do it now. I'll do it it's right It's all now. set up. We can do a live trade on go. the pot. That's got to be a five five yard rush first, surely. Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be up there. I think trades have been either sent out or received, but I don't think anything's ever been 
accepted live on the air. Accepted and processed because I'm the commissioner of that league. Oh, nice. Just force that one on. <laughs> so let me go into my thing quickly. Sorry, guys, this is terrible audio. But we'll, we'll cut it if it's terrible. I'm on transactions as we speak. There's, oh, there's an offer if and decline. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, go on then. There you go. Look, accepted. It's been accepted. It's under review, and I imagine it's just been processed. Uh, it has now. Please, Le'Veon Bell, come back this week. <laughs> no, to be fair, you're not playing me this week, so it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. And uh, I won't. You've got one game head start on me. Yeah, virtual handshake over the table. Thanks for doing business. Thank you very much. So, yeah, so Connor went for 192 yards, two touchdowns, and looked just as good as Le'Veon Bell. I mean, obviously you can't replace, but Bell is he's unreal as, as a... As a running back, are you going to drag up the thing Jack sent us? Yeah, I am because it, it is interesting reading. So, um, our mutual friend Jack is not the um, biggest elite running back fan. He doesn't believe you should ever pay a running back outside of their rookie contract. Um, and he found somewhere online that he's dragged, probably Twitter somewhere, a chart of um, points for running backs and. and most basically on Levy and Bell's production for the last sort of three years. So this chart here is basically Levy and Bell in the last three years has played 33 games. Um, so I guess it's two games and this was including Connor's game on Sunday. Um, so basically the stats here are he attempted 21 uh, rushes and got 94 yards a game. Whether it's in the 16 games where Bell's backup played, um, they attempted 20, uh, 20 rushes at uh, 84.8 so it's about a five and a half yard uh, per rush uh, or five and a half yards per game uh, difference if one less attempt so according to a five yard rush it's pretty much on average so Thank you, sir. very very similar uh, <laughs> averages what is interesting is Levin Bell gets half a TD a game over that time whereas Bell's back up over 16 games gets one TD so virtually you know the same production in half the time um, it's only the receiving yards is a bit of difference, so two extra receptions a game for Bell over the backup, uh, and 42 yards a game over 30 yards a game, but the TD production is identical. Um, so their stats are virtually identical. Now, I was looking at this, and obviously it says Le'Veon Bell's games are 33, and the primary backup is 16. Obviously... In order for this stat to be completely fair, do you not think they need to have played the same amount of games? No, because I think 16 games is enough of a sample size. I think if you were saying this was two or three games, I'd be looking at that going, yeah, I'm a bit sceptical, because yeah, it no, could no. be easy games. So you're talking 16 games. Is, no, is... no, I hear that, but could you not have taken 16 of Le'Veon Bell's games against... But that's cherry-picking, so would you pick the first 16? Or the... I mean, No, but if... what, the only thing I'm saying is, yeah. if Le'Veon Bell's backup was to come in and play an entire season, would he be as productive as Le'Veon Bell? Well, that's the argument. If you're looking at an O-line, and it, you think of the money that Bell is wanting, he's on, what, 17-odd mil this year on the tag? Yep. So he's on 17 mil, and that's not good enough. So he wants more than that a year. You think Gurley's in the 20 mils. You're talking about Bell's backup as being a mid-round draft pick. James Conner went the third. He, he would have been first had it not been for his cancer recovery. True, good point. But it still slipped to the third. So you're looking at the money that a third-round running back is giving you. You're looking at players that go in the third round. I mean, Alvin Kamara was a third-round running back. The the point, I think, that is being made by the stats and also by, by Jack, by interpreting it, is is it worth paying two, three times more for a running back 
after they finish their rookie contract? Or is it worth just taking the young talent because the production doesn't drop off all that much? It's all down the O-line. The yeah. O-line's great. Your, your running back's going to do the job. I mean, Levin Bell's a special talent, and there's no doubt he probably has made plays there that a backup wouldn't make. But is he worth six, seven, eight million more a year? Yes, it depends if you win the ring or not. Exactly that. No, I hear that. I just thought it was... I like the stat. I just thought comparing 33 games against 16 was fairly harsh on Bell because his production through those games is pretty good. And if you're halving the games but keeping the stats... I just, yeah, I, I see your point. But I think from a statistical average, it it still kind of works out. I think if you were looking at a handful of games... So yeah. 33 versus 5. No, agreed, agreed. Do you not then think... Obviously, this isn't you I'm arguing with. This no, is, I, this is I get it. I'm just putting the case forward. Do you not think that that then limits a star running back to four years in the NFL? If teams aren't now prepared to pay the star running backs... Because you've got the wide receivers who, yeah, they're flashy, one-hand grabs and all of that jab. They go out and get money. But then running backs, if you're not prepared to pay them money as well, do you not think it then limits them to four years and then that's the end of their career? No, because I think if, if if these people are still earning a decent amount of money, I get what you're saying per position. Are they earning as much? They're still not. No. The elite wide receivers are still earning more than the elite running backs, and that's because, one, their careers are longer. But, two, the, the difference. I mean, when you look at the elite, and I mean the elite wide receivers, 8, 10, and you know what, not even the elite, even the second tier. That second tier of receivers. So I'm putting in that group people like... Alshon Jeffrey, I'd say, is probably a, a second tier. I wouldn't put him in the elite with the OBJs and the Antonio Browns and the Mike Evans. Yep. But I'd say he's probably the, the next tier down in, in players. Um, I'd put Michael Thomas there. I, I think he's special, but is he really that elite, elite, elite player? No, I think he benefits from a great quarterback situation. Agreed. So I'm putting, you know, I'm talking those sorts of players that, that aren't your, like your Julio Joneses, your, your pro bowlers every year. When you take that step down, they're still amazing players. They're still players that will win you rings, will still get you the playoffs. If you look at the running back elite, you've got you know, these elite players who and they all play for the teams with the best O lines. It's just a fact. Yep. You don't have look at Saquon Barkley, number two in the draft, was terrible yesterday. I don't care what anyone says. Everyone's like, oh, he got hundred yards. One was a sixty eight yard return, he got free from the defence, and he's playing a great D. Yeah. But he rushed for... Take that run out. He's run for two yards a rush. But has he not... I don't know much about college, but was college not much like that as well? He was a big play guy. A lot of his stats were padded by big plays. Yeah, but when you're thinking about in that situation, you've got an aging quarterback, you've got this elite talent of wide receivers around you, but you've got a shocking O-line, a defense that needs a bit of restructuring, and they've traded their best player in the offseason. And you're sitting there thinking, okay, we've got this opportunity to bring a franchise quarterback in you pass and you bring in a running back i don't get that it doesn't make sense to me running back should only go in the first round if they are the next gen and i didn't see anything from i for me saquon barkley wasn't even the best running back in the draft interesting (laughs) but that's that's for a different following yeah we're 57 minutes and that is a hot take i told you there'd be some (laughs) you had to wait till the near the end though fellas (laughs) and ladies that's yeah shouldn't shouldn't just say men any listens would be good. <laughs> we'll take anyone. So yeah, well, well, that was quite a James Connor chat. Yeah. If he's there, go grab him. Definitely go grab him. <laughs> That's the lesson. Forget everything I've just said in the last five minutes. Go grab James Connor. No doubt, no doubt. Um, DSTs to play this week if you are streaming of the position. Obviously, the Chargers, if they're there, go and play them because 
Anyone play the Bills? That's, yes. That should be your rule for the next 16 weeks. If you're streaming one, just pick anyone playing the Bills. I wonder what the points differential between the top four Ds, you know, the Vikings, the Jags, are going to be against, say, the Jets. What well, I don't know if the Jets play the Bills, but if they were, I wonder what sort of points they'd give you. That'd be an interesting one. I guess it'd be... I mean, the Ravens must have killed it. Um, and I don't know what their stat line was. I don't have the Ravens in any leagues because... Uh, I either got the Jags or I went down a slightly different option and went late and decided to go with two. So, um, but I'm sure they had a great fantasy week. And I have the Ravens. Yeah, <laughs> I know we had this discussion, and I think uh, I think if you have the Ravens, they're going to be great all year. I think they're going to be fine. But I think anyone picking out the Jag, if you are playing the Bills, if you're streaming, I've I've always whenever I've streamed a defense, um, always looked for. Um, teams that are playing really poor offenses, they're not going to get worse than the Bills this year. Maybe the Seahawks, uh, Arizona look dreadful. These are the sort of teams I'd be looking to pick up um, if I'm thinking of streaming a, a DST. Always look at the home advantage as well. That's really key. Yep. Um, if they're playing at home, I know the Chargers are away, but um, I still think anyone playing the Bills is probably a good shout. I can't see the Bills winning three games this season. Wow. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> Even with Josh Allen, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, he's. I'd, I'd like to see the kid do well, just because he's in a real bad situation, and I think it would be good for his personal. Just go in there and prove everybody wrong, and not prove everybody wrong, but prove everybody wrong on the worst team in football this year. I think that would be a real good move for him. Yeah, just. I mean, he could be a star. He's got the gun. It's just where he can control it. He definitely has the cannon. Yeah. Obviously, and the Titans are a good stream this week as well. Titans are a great shout for for stream. Again, they look good on D. They did. Uh, yeah, Butler was nice, especially coming over from New England after their Super Bowl debacle. Yeah, strange seeing him in the Titans uniform. Yeah, very strange. Well, let's have a look at our list. Oh, that's not the list. I've minimised the wrong thing. Good one. Stocks. So where are we at? Uh, well, we've got winners and losers, but I feel like if we dive into that an hour in, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna run on and on and on. So. Pick one each, one winner, one loser. Okay. Uh, what's going to happen is we've got nine minutes until the intro starts playing, the outro starts playing, and when that happens, that's, that's when it. we're going to end because I don't know how to stop it and move it in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> so uh, there's our outro, and that's, that's right. when we need to end. So Murph, go crazy. Who's your winner? It's got to be the Bucks. Oh, <laughs> I could have predicted that. Well, anyone could predict it, but Fitz Magic is real. Um, no one, absolutely no one, predicted would win. Um, we were realistically as fans looking at 0-3 without Jameis. Right. Now, realistically, seeing how bad the Eagles were, I can see us 2-1, maybe even 3-0. And I'll tell you what, we get 3-0. and Fitzpatrick's playing week four, baby, and he's going all the way. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't disagree with that whatsoever. So, I hope he doesn't, because I own Jameis. We had this discussion earlier. I own Jameis in a, a super flex, and he's my only other cute quarterback. Jameis will come in. He will definitely come in if it's not week... It's going to be difficult if if it's Patrick even goes two and one. It's a short week, game four. I can't see Jameis coming back for week four. It's the bye week five. Week six would be a realistic time, but if if it's Magic is four and zero, oh, then it will just be until he loses. You just don't break a good thing, no. um, especially when you're coming off a five and eleven season. Yeah. So my winner out of this list, I like them all, really, but I think my biggest one there is Josh Rosen. Now, obviously, he didn't play. But Sam Bradford and Arizona were terrible. And 
I just don't see how, if that continues, how you play Bradford for that long. Oh, he's done. I think he's done as a as a QB in the NFL. Do you think that's it? Week two, they start Rosen. I can't see how you can't after that performance. They had no time on the ball. They never moved the ball. What what are you going to try and prove now by playing? You know, you, I'm not saying you write off your season after one defeat, but it, I mean it was it was bad. It was I mean, bad. It was a car crash, and I think what have you got to lose putting Rosen in now? It wasn't like the the O line collapsed. It wasn't like Bradford didn't have the time. He just didn't make the plays. Yeah, and he has lost more than half a yard, and he's lost confidence. And it's a shame. He's a great QB, and it, well, great prospect. Never he delivered. Had a good season here and there, but no, I'm with you. Josh Rosen is the future of that franchise. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove that he's not the fourth best QB in that class. Um, put him out there. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. And did you say he was the fourth best QB? Well, that was what he was taking in the draft. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so I don't think he's the fourth best. I think he's better than that. Yep. But he was the fourth QB taken. He had a proper moody interview, didn't he, after he's, he got selected at the draft where he was angry he was selected as the fourth QB off the board. So he, he's going to use that fire and he's going to prove that he's better than the three that went ahead of him, especially Josh Allen. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I just, uh, yeah, he's one of the most pro-ready quarterbacks this year's draft for sure. And you've got nothing to lose by sliding him in, like, we, like you just said. So I think he's my biggest winner. Yeah, totally. Uh, losers. Who's your biggest loser? I had uh, a selection of of quite a few losers. Do you know what? Off this list, I'm going to go Blake Portals. Oh. Um, which is shocking because I had people like Nathan Peterman and Matt Ryan and the Saints D and Shady on here. But Blake Portals for me is just... For me, if you look at the starting quarterbacks in the AFC, yep. and you were to sit there and take Blake Portals and name every team in the AFC, he gets into what? three of those teams the Browns the Bills and I'd say the Broncos whoa that's it bro he's not, get, he's not getting into any other team as a starting QB in the entire AFC so and he was terrible 176 yards it's not getting his done his defense bailed him out and got the TD to win the game yep agreed if you do not and they didn't trade for Teddy which was mental I think for me if you if Blake Bortles doesn't pick it up, he's losing his job. Yep. Because they are expected to win or to challenge for the Super Bowl. They're expected to be one of those four teams that are going to go all the way. I can't see it. I know they came close. I know he turned up in the offseason, but I can't see it. Not for me. He's, he's from my loser uh, and will continue to be until he's dropped or he improves, whichever one comes first. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me... NFL-wise, the biggest losers of this week are the Bills Mafia. Now, I just think, yeah, they weren't that great last year. They got to the playoffs. It was rapturous. Everybody loved it. They adopted Andy Dalton as the town mayor. Yeah, and, that's true. And everything was good. And I just think the the come down this year is horrendous. I, to be a Bills fan this year, you've got literally nothing to look forward to. It's not even like you can say, oh, well, we've got Shady McCoy and he's going to be alright because he's one of the best running backs in the league yeah he is but like we mentioned earlier the O-line they lost three-fifths of their O-line in the off-season and now their O-line is car crash worthy absolutely car crash worthy so I just think, and it's one of the worst places to watch football in the winter as well because it's, oh, it's freezing you get the snow games out there it's yeah it's, it's, it's miserable and you know to be the third best team in your state I mean that's pretty miserable yeah. I mean they have they for me have fallen past the Jets. You could see the Jets were building. They used draft picks. They 
maneuvered it. They were they've been in rebuild, um, and they've always been a little bit exciting. The 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 Bills really really haven't. I think it's going to be a, a long hard season. If they know any Browns fans, they should probably be giving them a call now and uh, <laughs> find out ask, how to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. If however, if they do, an, if they go own sixteen, which isn't out of the realms of possibility here, if they do a parade and copy, then I'm sorry, they they should be deleted from the NFL. You can't be stealing ideas like that and that can't be promoted in my book. No, no. Well, no one wants to promote a loser. Uh, uh, come at me, Browns fans. Don't care. So, I, I've had a little text from my co-host Sparky and he sent me some winners and losers. We'll run through them real quick. Um, the Lions D. He's got a loser as the Lions D and that's fair because yeah, definitely. Sam Darnold turned up and torched them. Not really sure what happened like we said earlier. Who knows? He's got Kaiser as a loser and Aaron Rodgers did say that the reason he came back out was because Kaiser was scoring more points for the Bears than the Bears were <laughs> which is pretty funny but you say that he could play week two yeah and if he does the- why, why fire up your Vikings <laughs> <laughs> go get those Viking cats out yeah man I got one I've got one it says King of the North on it beautiful yeah definitely get that out there and he's got winners uh, Hill and Kamara but we haven't even got into just how ridiculous they were this week especially Hill yeah Hill was just next level. Uh, was it like 268 all-purpose yards? Yeah. Just I think he had 170-odd from the first two plays. and it, it was like, <laughs> it, 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 like My brother-in-law has him, and we're starting to talk quickly now because the end is nigh. But yeah. my brother-in-law had him, and within, I think he was playing me, and within like 40 seconds of that game starting, I'd already lost. I was like, well, I'm turning this rubbish off. Cause well, he, well, we were playing in the, in the Dynasty League. At one point, I was, oh, yeah, I I was like him. 98% to win. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, Melvin Gordon and, and Tyreek Hill come out. And then at the end of the day, I was 1% to win and I ended up losing. So You are welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sleeper, maybe look at your percentages to win and take a bit more care. And uh, yeah, Tyreek Hill was elite. Kamara. Kamara was great, but let's not forget, he ran for like 20-odd yards. Yeah. And he only, he only had eight carries, I think. Eight carries. So he's carried on from last year with his inefficiency cannot continue. You know, Michael Thomas won't be as good, Hill won't be as good, Kamara won't be as good, and it was just a freak week one. Yeah, especially they they got lit. But I think Hill is more likely to be sustainable week to week. I think Kamara is an elite talent, but he's not going to be playing rookies every week. No. And his other winner is Greg the Leg. He won your matchup last night. Greg the Leg! Greg the Leg, massive shout out to Greg the Leg. Uh, Thanks for the 17 points. I needed 14 (laughs) to... uh, beat Matt in the Epsom League and uh, I woke up at 6 o'clock this morning with a point trailing and then he kicks the field goal and then gets the uh, extra point so he's definitely a, a winner I can't believe I didn't put him in my winners list I guess it was a bit too personal <laughs> well that's pretty much it man we've, we've, we're at a minute and 8.50 something and we've got 45 seconds of the intro burst in so thanks for coming on buddy thanks for having me loved it absolute pleasure um We'll definitely do it again. Everyone, Sparky's here. We'll do a three-way. I'm up for it. And uh, your knowledge is Sparky's known for his wit, and I'm known for my knowledge. And you've just drilled me under the table, and probably <laughs> laughed more than Sparky does. So we might both be out of a job by next week. But no, I don't think that. I think uh, any time to come on and, and talk football and to share stories and uh, share stats, it's it's great. So uh, loved it. Uh, definitely invite me back. Thanks, man. So don't forget to go find us on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Google, Spotify, and at Five Yard Rush. Same on social media, guys. But for me, it's it's been fun. And until next week, guys, keep rushing. You can live a long, healthy life. 
if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.